we're going to jump straight into it. I'm excited. I'm excited about what the Lord's doing. Last week we talked about freedom. Amen. How many remember? You're awake? Yep, 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 yep. Last week we talked about freedom. And the thing that we, I think the high point of, of what we discovered about freedom is that it's not just freedom from something, but it's freedom to something. It's not just freedom from things we don't want, but it's where Jesus himself pours his fullness into us. And now we're free to do what we should do or could do or would want to do. And a lot of us get stuck in this cycle of thinking freedom means I need to, I need to, to be denying of myself. I'm going to pause because I'm going to take just a moment. As Ashley was talking, I was like, she doesn't know what I'm talking about. And I'm just going to add this little note to start off. Freedom is not just denying ourselves. Freedom is the fullness that comes from picking up our cross and following him. Before, uh, in the middle of one of the first couple of songs, Shagoon had a word. And and he says that he felt like that our church was going to enter to what? How'd you say it? A house of laughter. I was like, yes, I'll take that. It's funny because... When service started, I saw a picture of me coming up here and having fun. And I saw me let my guard down, which is kind of what you say. Like when you go to someone else's house, your guard's up, your etiquette, the rules. I'm going to deny myself. I'm not going to take too much food because someone else may want that specific type of food. There's only eight gumballs and there's nine kids, you know, like that thing, right? I'm not going to take what I really would want because someone else may want it. And we have all that stuff. That's all tied in. And, and I feel like we, we put these guards up and we don't really let ourselves out and free. And I feel like the Lord's going to release us from it. And I saw me being fun and having like what my true nature internally is that very few people ever see. Like, like I like to have fun. And it's amazing that you said that. And then you talked about the dinner table. And then the Lord just said this, that we are now entering into a season of partaking of his divine nature. We'll still deny ourselves, but the way we will deny ourselves is by partaking of him. Like (laughs) I love, I love how kids are around a dinner table or any setting. They're just going to go for what they want. I love it. It, it, us adults, it drives us crazy because we're trying to, you know, manage and deny and all this stuff. But kids are like, no, I see that thing I wanted. I'm going to take it. Right. I feel like we need to have a little bit more of that. Amen. I'm going to say it again. We're entering a season where we're going to be partakers and not just deniers. Another way to say that is we've been so good in the church of teaching the no. And we've been really poor at teaching the yes. No, no, no. I'm the I'm the no in our family. Mandy's the yes. We I'm like, she's like, yes. Hey, can I have, can I have extra dessert? No, that's, dad doesn't even think. No, no, I'm the no. She's like, why not? What's the big deal? Like, because then he's going to be crazy. And I think of all the reasons why no is a great answer, right? And, and so I need to be a little more yes. And I feel like the church is the, has been the no. It's been the law. It's been the, the restrictive thing. And what happens is, is, is it's funny, we, someone asked me this morning about Leviathan. 
And I was like, yeah, it's like one of the oldest creatures ever mentioned in any historical documents. It was the Leviathan. It's mentioned in Job. Like in Job is one of the oldest written documents in all of the world. And the Leviathan is mentioned in there. And they're like, oh, so it's funny. But the Leviathan in the spirit realm has become a spirit that comes to constrict and restrict. And so what has happened is the church has gotten so caught up in the no and the deny into into crucifying the flesh that we've actually partnered with the secular world spirit that we didn't even mean to. And we did it through religious activity. We did it through religion because we never would have invited in an evil spirit to restrict us and constrict us. So the enemy takes a religious spirit that looks really great on the outside. Look how awesome I am because I say no and I deny and I crucify and I suffer for Jesus. And we've invited this spirit and it's come in and it's restricted the growth in the church. It's killed off all growth. And so we've gotten so good at what I can't have and what I don't eat and where I don't go and what I don't do. And I'm not saying we stop those things. But we, but we focus so much on that that we have not partaken of anything. Yeah, and we're dying. Yeah. And Jesus wants us today to be partakers of his divine nature. Everyone say divine nature. Divine so there's like three natures, right? There's our sinful nature, which we all are very well aware of. We talk about the sin nature in church all the time, right? Then there's the world culture or the secular nature, right? But then there's this divine nature that's mysterious to us that we don't talk a whole lot about because we don't have a whole lot of experience of partaking of it. Yeah. Are you all okay? I'm in, all right. Second Peter chapter one. Let's go to second Peter chapter one. All right. Jesus, we ask that you would give us ears to hear. Come on. Eyes to see today. Awaken us. God, shake us free. We're talking about freedom again and, and a, a, another version of freedom. God, we ask that you would make us free indeed. You said if the Son makes us free, we would be free indeed. So God, we ask that you would release freedom in this house. In Jesus' name, amen. He's in us for us, right? Which means we're supposed to partake of him. He's for us, but he's on us for others. So if we're in Christ, I hit this last week because I didn't know exactly where I was going to go this week, but I knew I would pull it back in and reel it back in. We don't have a sin nature if we're in Christ. Yeah. Come on. Hello? I'm going to say it again. If you said yes to Jesus and he is the Lord of your life, you no longer have a sin nature because you have a completely new nature. Yeah. It does not mean that we can't sin. It just means it's not in my nature to sin. And when I do sin, I'm acting outside of my nature. And that's why I feel so horrible about it. Because I'm doing something I'm not supposed to do. There are some animals that are made to live in water only. And if you take them out of the water, they can survive for a little bit of time. But then they will begin to suffer outside of their normal habitat. That's you and I as Christians when we sin. We can try to do it for a little while outside of our nature, but then it's going to take a, a toll on us and it's going to cause problems. So you do not, if you have Jesus living in your heart and, you, and he is the Lord of your life. Now, Lordship is a big thing. So if he's the Lord of our life, then we don't have a sin nature anymore. We have a new nature. We have his nature in us. The divine nature is now living inside of us. 
The sin nature is gone. The secular nature is not even our nature. So see, the secular nature is influenced by the nature that sits on our heart. Culture, the secular world that we look at and, oh, look how horrible the world is. The only reason the world can be what it is or have the atmosphere that it has is because men and women have decided whether to partake of the divine nature or the sin nature. But whichever nature we decide in here will create the atmosphere out here. Satan isn't creating this atmosphere. He is, I love it, he's defeated and disarmed. He's a serpent. He has no feet and no arms. Amen? Come on, that's, that's, that's a funny one that I've heard so many times, but it's still funny to me. Like, he's defeated and he has no arms. He's disarmed. So the only way for the atmosphere or the culture to represent the sin nature is for people to come into agreement with the prince and the power who once was the prince and power of the air. Let me say it better. Who once was the prince and power of the air. So the Bible says that judgment has to start at the house of God. How many of you ever heard that before? Like judgment, like repentance must happen at the house of God. Why? Because whatever we allow to sit on the throne of our hearts as the people of God will, will actually influence the atmosphere. We actually have more influence over the atmosphere than the sin nature does. We haven't seen that a lot because we haven't learned quite yet, and we're going to, how to partake of His divine nature. Like divine, the divine is, like just saying the word divine does something. Say it. Say divine. divine. Oh, you feel the weightiness on that word? And this is the nature that Jesus died to give us so that our our nature could become his nature so that we could influence the secular nature. Amen? Yeah. So we don't have a sin nature, even though we can sin. It pains us to do it. Someone once said, it, said that the only way for a Christian to sin would be for us to believe a lie. The only way that we can sin as believers is by coming to agreement with a lie from the father of lies. And when we come into agreement with that lie, it lures us back into old systems, old ways of doing things, into our old nature. Because the lie begins to educate our thought processes. It becomes the lens that we start seeing through. If, if <laughs> someone recently told, told me, this, told me a, a cool compliment they got at work, and someone came up and said, you're, you remind me of like Ken, the, the, the Barbie doll Ken. You're so handsome. And this person that told me this was telling me this testimony. I always felt like this person was handsome, but this person didn't believe it about themselves. They believed a lie and the lie influenced their life. Yeah. <laughs> And when we come into agreement with the lie, our bodies and our spirit will react to it. Yes. This person's demeanor yeah. gave off the, the belief that I'm not attractive. I'm not worthy. I'm not good for anything. And the chemicals of the body will begin to respond to that and begin to make it true. Come on, but when we believe the truth, the truth sets us free. 
It affects spirit, soul, and body. The only way for us to sin is to believe lies. And when we lie, when we believe a lie, we invite the liar to educate us and talk to us and tell us what we're supposed to think and how we're supposed to act and how we're supposed to feel. And we're not worth anything and our future's wasted and all the stuff that comes in from the liar, none of it true. How can he lie about your future when he doesn't know the future? How can Satan say, oh, you're never going to amount to anything when he's not privy to that information? What a liar. He's talking about stuff he doesn't know anything about. So the only way for Christians to fall back into that old nature is to listen to the liar. Why would we do that? (laughs) But we're supposed to be partakers of his divine nature. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1 and read about this. This is such a powerful uh, chapter in the Bible. It's too full for me to even teach all portions of it. I could stop verse by verse and probably go for a few weeks because it's, it's chock full of stuff. But let's start with verse 3. It says, Seeing that His divine power has granted us everything. I'm going to pause. His divine power has granted us everything. Here's a very important point, and I I mentioned it last week, but I want to hit it again so that we remember. Freedom did not come just because Jesus died on the cross. Everyone listen to this really important. Freedom didn't come just because Jesus died. Freedom came because He died and He rose from the dead. Because... (sighs) Outwardly, Jesus dying outwardly to people looked like evil had power and had won. Hello? Satan thought he won when Jesus was crucified. Like he fully thought he won. He thought, man, what an awesome display of my power. And if Jesus just died for our sins then there would be the myth that could be woven through history that says, look how powerful evil was. It killed the Messiah. So freedom didn't come just because Jesus died. Freedom became because Jesus rose from the dead and demonstrated God's power. (laughs) This is good. God's power was demonstrated by the resurrection. So in this verse, when it says, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything. He's talking about the power that God demonstrated when he raised Jesus from the dead. So when that happened, we received through that transaction of his death and his resurrection, we received everything. What's it say? Everything pertaining to what? Life and godliness. So Jesus's death and resurrection has granted to us everything. Everyone say everything. What do you feel like you're lacking right now? It's a lie. It's a lie. Don't even say it. It's a lie. It's not true. Because Jesus' death and resurrection, because I'm a child of God, has given me everything pertaining to life and godliness. There is no area of our life, there's no area of our emotions that Jesus 
His power demonstrated has not provided for us what we need to overcome that thing, to have freedom in that thing. There's not one thing that's beyond this, not one thing in life, juggling a busy schedule, figuring out how to help put our kids in the right direction for their future, managing a home, managing whatever, fill in the blank, marriage, relationships. There's not one thing in our life that Jesus's resurrection didn't provide everything we need to succeed in that area. In life and godliness. And he says, through the true knowledge of him. And here it is. You will know the truth and the truth will make you free. So he has given us everything pertaining to life and godliness through true knowledge, which means true intimacy, truly knowing Jesus. I love that song. uh, How sweet it is to trust in Jesus, to know you, to really know you. That's what this is talking about. And he has called us by his glory and excellence. Hmm. For by these, all right, so by his power and by his glory and by his excellence, he has granted to us, what's it say, verse 4? His precious and magnificent promises. What's your, what's your Bible say? Read it out loud. For by these, he has given us very great and precious promises. Woo! Come on, man. This is, this is really good, all right? What's the, the Bible say? It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. How many of you have ever heard that scripture before? Yeah. It's in Proverbs. I, I didn't have it in my notes. I didn't even plan to, to hit on it, so I don't remember off the top of my head. But hope deferred makes the heart sick. That's the first part of the verse. But what's the second part? But desire realized is a tree of life. Everyone say this with me. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But desire realized is a tree of life. That's what he's talking about here. His divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who has called us by his glory and excellence. For by these things he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises. How many have had promises from the Lord? The Bible says all his promises are yes, and we're the amen. And then it says, he's given you these precious, magnificent, granted you these good, great, wonderful, all the different words he used to describe these promises. He's given them to you. Why? Everyone read it. So that by them, by what? His promises. You may become partakers of his divine nature. Denying, um, I don't know, I'm probably going to preach this in a few weeks, a couple of different versions, because I feel like I need to pause here. Denying ourselves is like the death of Jesus. It has a purpose, but it's not the full purpose. It accomplishes great things, but it doesn't accomplish all things. What has to happen here for us as as individual believers as families and as a church as a community is that we need to learn how to apprehend the promises that God's given to us because it's through the resurrection of dead things and it's through the fulfillment of promises that we actually partake of his divine nature every other thing we do in Christianity is dealing with the the here and now 
I'm crucifying my flesh. I'm dealing with pain. I'm dealing with unforgiveness. I'm working through soul wounds. All the stuff that's already happened or is happening right now, dealing with it. But the promises of God deals with the eternal things. It breaks us out of this, this world that we think is real, but it's just a mirage. There's a superior realm. And the way we acknowledge that there's a superior realm is that we pull promises into reality. We have to have answered prayers. I'm, 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 I'm done praying for cars and them not being healed when I pray for them. Amen. <laughs> because I know there's a divine nature available. And the only way I get to fully partake of His divine nature is by His precious and magnificent promises. The answered prayers, the breakthrough that comes from praying and seeking God's face year after year, day after day, the crying out to God or the touching the hem of his garment, partaking of his divine nature. It just releases from him. When we step out of this realm that feels so real, we believe the the lie that this is real. Just like the world with social media, it's not real. It's a mirage. That's the way we're living when we don't partake of the divine nature. And the only way we can do that is to partake of his promises. Because hope deferred makes us sick. Only crucifying the flesh makes us sick. This is, this is absolutely true. Do you know what made the Pharisees, the, the, so sick. It was the list of things that they said that they don't do because they're holy. It made them literally sick. Oh, it's what made them sick because they were known for what they don't do. They're like, right, you, you, you tithe, you do this, you do all this stuff, but you don't even help out your mother or father. Whew. You like you 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 do all the 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 other parts of the law, but the weightier parts of the law, you disregard those things. So you say no, but you don't say yes to anything. Yeah. Fire life. S- let's stop saying no to everything, and start saying yes to promises. Do you have a promise for your family? Grab hold of it. Grab hold of it. Become partakers of these precious promises because when we see them happen, then we have partaken of the divine nature of God. And it tells us this world is more real than that world. When someone gets healed, when someone gets delivered, when a prayer gets answered, when a promise that God gives us comes to fruition, we get to say, look, this thing that was impossible, this thing that was in a world in, in, in just our dreamland has become real to us. How many of you have something like that's happened to you? God gave you a promise and he did it. Come on. God healed you when you prayed. God did something special for you. You just partook of the divine nature of God that is the world he wants us to live in every moment of the day. That's real. All the other stuff's not real. And we think that by saying no, 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 we can partake of the divine nature. That's not how we partake of the divine nature. It's by saying yes. Paul says, not that I've reached everything or attained it, but one thing I do is I take hold of. I grab hold of that which has taken hold of me, and I press forward. We used to say, we used to teach this a lot at the bridge, this this portion of this. Any no to sin 
that does not respond by a yes to God will not remain a no to sin. We used to teach that. Yeah. And, and then we tweaked it. We got a little further in this and we're like, well, actually, any no to sin that wasn't in response to our yes to God, which is a better version of that, will not stay a no to sin because it has to start with God. But we can't just say no. Y'all getting this? This is like digging in. So His divine power has given to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through true knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and His excellence. For by these things He has granted to us His precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature. And then He finishes with this powerful statement. Having escaped. (laughs) Having escaped what? The corruption that is in the world. Another translation says, having been acquitted from the corruption that is in the world through lust. How do we say no? We say yes. We say yes. It tells, this is the formula here. His divine power has granted us everything we need through true knowledge of who Jesus is, through His own glory and excellence. He has granted us His many precious promises so that by His promises you may become partakers of His divine nature. And by doing that, you have escaped and have been acquitted from the corruption of the world. The best way for us to live as pure and holy Christians as followers of Jesus is to do this stuff to see the promises come to reality to grab a hold until he answers our prayers you know praying is not just for the discipline of prayer it's not even just for the the discipline of our relationship with Jesus it's because we're supposed to see things happen when we pray we don't I don't know if we fully believe that sometimes like we, we pray and we don't expect something to happen. He wants us to partake of His divine nature. Fire life is moving to a season of laughter. A freedom that's not from things, but to something. It's not just the death, but it's the resurrection. Listen, I'm going to stop here. It's wonderful to say, I no longer live, Christ lives in me. I love that scripture. I love that. It's a promise. I say it over myself all the time. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And then the rest of it says, and the life I live now, which means the things I put my yes toward, the things I put my effort towards, I do unto the Lord now. Yeah. I actually have to get up. And we sang it this morning, dead man come out of the grave. Like, okay, it's not just enough to be resurrected. Let's get out of the grave. Let's take the grave clothes off. Yeah. Because we're, we're, we're moving to a place of fullness. We're crossing past the line of no, 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 into yes, yes, yes. Come on. We're about to enter this season where... Partaking of his divine nature becomes normal. We still deny ourselves, but the way we do it is we partake of his nature. 
I was having this, I'm going to close with kind of a personal thing that I was working through this week. It's so easy for me to click into that, that side of me when it doesn't fully involve me. Like if someone else comes up with, with, with a problem with a car or with, with a problem with a son or a daughter that's running away from the Lord, boom, man, my, I'm like, okay, let's, let's pray for the car. Let's prophesy over your son right now. Let's just do it right here, right now. You know, it's easy for me to do it. But then when it's my own area of responsibility, my, I get stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <Come> on, <laughs> I don't know why. I get just full, and, I, and I'm like, I don't want to be stupid anymore. Yeah. I want to access God's divine nature for what I'm responsible for, for my own family, for my own stuff. Yes. I don't want to deny myself and call it holy suffering for Jesus. Amen. It's okay for us to want some stuff and ask God for it and to go after it with all of our heart and not feel bad that I took two gumballs <laughs> and there was only eight of them and nine people. I don't care. I wanted two. <laughs> Stupid example. We had a birthday party yesterday and there were like eight gumballs and nine or ten kids and we're like, well, what are you going to do? You're going to have to cut the gumball in half. Like, no, just take the gumball. Like, at this point, like, just, like, we're trying to figure it out. It was, it was wrecking my brain. I was trying to be fair. The kids didn't care. We get cake, dude. Who cares? <laughs> but we, we feel like we have to ration. We have to ration and diminish and be real wise and protective. And the Lord's like, no, let's be extravagant. Amen? So I don't want to be stupid anymore. I want to tap into the divine nature and partake of it. To partake of it. That word partake is an intimate term. It's not just like, you, it's like an intimate partnership. It's like I'm inviting you in to an intimate partnership with me. Where you get to partake of my nature where you get to know me intimately, where I abide in you and you abide in me. Would you stand? <clears throat> Man, I did not get very far into this, so I might have like six or seven messages ready. <laughs> Go back to the start. There's the sin nature, there's the secular nature, and there's the divine nature. We want to become more aware of the divine nature. The way we become more aware of it is we partake of it. We taste it. Go after the promises of God. I want you to close your eyes and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a question. And I want you to answer just to yourself honestly. And then I want you to make a note in your phone or in your journal or somewhere later. And I want you to begin to go after this. What promise are you going after right now in your life that God has given you? Has God given you a promise? And are you going after it? Be honest. Oh, you know, as parents, as responsible adults, sometimes that's a really hard question to ask. What do you really want? Oh, I don't know. The Lord wants you to get a promise today. He wants to release a promise. If you don't have one, he wants to give you one. If you've forgotten one, he wants to revive it. All the promises are yes and amen. Now I want to do an exercise. Have you ever had a promise from God where God told you he was going to do something 
or something was going to happen. And then he came through and he did it. Has that ever happened to you? I want you to, now think of one of those things right now. Think of that thing. Whew, how did it feel? What was your thoughts about God when that thing happened? You're like, oh my goodness. He did what he said. He is who he says he is. He does what he says he's going to do. You partook of his divine nature, which means he keeps his promises. Do you have a promise right now that's gone unanswered? He keeps his promises. It doesn't matter how long. He is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. But he's patient with us, not wanting anyone to perish, come on, but for all to come to repentance. The promises lead us into this divine nature of God. God, I ask right now that you begin to stir up old promises and give us new ones. I ask that you uh, would send the Holy Spirit and would begin to prophesy new promises into every heart right now. Whether you're here in the room or at home, we bless you right now. This Holy Spirit is going to prophesy new promises into you right now. Promises for you individually, for your family, for your children, your children's children, for your business, for new businesses, for new opportunities. We release this right now. Holy Spirit, come. We call out to the promises that have been unfulfilled. We say it's time, it's time, it's time. We have been in a season of rationing and doing without, but it's time to partake of the promises of God, the fullness of God, the resurrection power of God. We break agreement with lies right now. If you're here and you're like, man, I've struggled with, with sin. I don't know why. I just keep sinning. If you're a believer and you've struggled with sin, there's a lie somewhere that you believe. Some of the lies could be, oh, God isn't as good as he says he is, or God's not taking good care of me, so I have to take care of myself. Some of the lies could be, well, this is really not that big of a deal. It doesn't matter what the lie is. We break agreement with the lie right now that's causing us to act out in our old nature. It's not us. We're a fish out of water in this area, God. We ask that you bring us back into our rightful habitat right now. Awaken, come on, awaken the divine nature in us that it would snuff out any other voices and any other lies. If this message was for you and you're like, hey, I've, I've tasted some freedom, but I want all freedom. I want the resurrected freedom. I want the divine power of God manifesting through my life. If that's you, I want you to come to the front. We're just going to seek the Lord. We're going to pray. And we're not, there's not going to be any. I'm not going to say anything else until the very end. We'll bless you and we'll go. And we just want freedom. I want freedom today. Freedom in Jesus' name.